This podcast was brought to you by Speak Spokane, a community-driven podcasting studio space where people from all walks of life can speak and be heard. Follow along with us on Instagram at Speak Spokane and visit speakpodcasting.com to learn more about starting your podcasting journey today. Today's episode is sponsored by Burn Butter. Burn Butter is an all-natural, low-carb, keto-friendly product created to help you consume healthy fats when you need them the most. You can add it to your coffee, you can add it to your food, you can add it to your smoothies. You can even consume it straight out of the pouch. My favorite way to use it is to add my mocha burn butter to my coffee. You give it a nice blend and you're ready to go. It's a new way to add healthy fats in your diet without making any huge adjustments. You can find Burn Butter at burnbutter.com or you can visit them on Instagram at burnbutters. Go check them out today. What's up, Alexi, and welcome to Speak Spokane. On this episode, I am joined by Mike Lish of Delicious Hamburgers. I sit down with him and talk about how his family came to opening Delicious in Spokane, what makes their burgers and french fries so unique, and at the end of the episode, we start a conversation about how the new homeless shelter in the area is affecting his and other businesses on Division and Mission Street. Please enjoy our podcast, and if you also like to enjoy some burgers from delicious you can find them at 1625 north division street their dining room is currently closed but their drive-through is still open and their hours are monday through friday 10:30 a.m to 8 p.m saturday 10:30 a.m to 9 p.m and sundays 11:30 a.m to 7 p.m additionally you can order delicious curbside at delicious.coolacart.net and they also offer door-to-door delivery from Uber Eats. Follow along with Delicious on social, on Facebook, and on Instagram. And as always, thank you so much for listening to Speak Spokane. It's the little bubbles. How do they make the bubbles so little? I don't know. I guess they just don't put that it's much like in. A, it's almost like a silky, like a silkiness to it. Uh, well, awesome, Mike. I we're gonna start now. Okay. This is speak Spokane. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on the show. A little, just a little disclosure. Mike and I are are friends, and we've known each other for a while, and. And so he did me the favor of being one of my first guests on the Speak Spokane podcast. And I'm, I, I've been talking about getting him on a couple of my other shows and it's never worked out. And I have now, I've officially got him on a podcast. He loves listening to podcasts. He told me early before this. And, <laughs> but uh, before we get into, into the guts of the show, let's get a little intro about Mike Lish. Tell us about yourself, Michael. Uh-huh. <laughs> <clears throat> Let's see. Uh, I've lived here for most of my life in Spokane. Um, my dad had a job up here. We moved up here when I was mm. about eight years old. Um, throughout the years, 
things happen. Next thing I know, my parents opened up a fast food restaurant here in town. Mm-hmm. If you've heard of it, delicious hamburgers. And then that was 20 years ago. And here I am. I'm still here. I love it. Yeah. I love this town. I yeah. love my job. And your dad came up here. You guys moved up from California, correct? Correct. Mm-hmm. He was actually originally from the Chelan area. And oh, he had really? al- Yeah. He had always wanted to get back to, to Washington. He wanted to get home. Oh. So. Nice. Long trip through joining the military and ending up in California and yada, yada, yada. It seems so. like everybody, like a lot of people m- move away from this area and all they all want to just come back to it. It's like, I, it's a very common theme amongst Spokenites. Like they like, they leave and then they find a way back because like they want to go do the big city thing or they want to do, they see like greener pastures or elsewhere, but then they're like, actually Spokane is, is where it's at. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've noticed that too, but I don't know, is every city like that? I don't know. I talked about this with someone the other day about how Spokane's such a microcosm of there's not there's not a it's a pretty big city and it's very separated from all the other big cities. And so like I was saying like if we were 50 miles from Seattle or even 100 miles from Seattle, Spokane would be a lot different. In my like I, yeah, I can see that. Cuz everything's such a drive. Like you can't there's nowhere east you can go that's really big. There's nowhere or yeah, there's nowhere, and there's the the closest big city west is Seattle, and that's a you know that's a five hour drive, four yeah. hour drive if you're going fast. <laughs> I don't even go to Coeur d'Alene because it's too long of a drive. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, the next part of this is we're gonna do a little bit of a warm up. I don't think we really need to do it because we know each other so well. But I do it for guests that like might need to warm up to the mic or I want to ask, and I also want to ask you guys ask you a couple questions about like these are things about Spokane. The first part is a would you rather in Spokane. Uh, a little personal to me, but would you rather ride a lime scooter or a lime bike three miles? Scooter. <laughs> but I haven't lost any teeth on a scooter. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> uh, and last, would you rather, and this is going to lead into the next part of this question, is would you rather grab a hamburger at Dick's or at Churchill's? I, you know, I've never had a Churchill's burger. Okay. And I have, it's one of those things that's on my bucket list. I've, we talk about it all the time. I've been wanting to go down there for Wimpy Wednesdays. Mm. Um, but I'm going to have to go with Churchill's. Okay. Yeah. I, that's but fair. Do, everybody's got their own personal preferences. <laughs> right. So this is the, this is leading into my next question. My next segment of this is in and around Spokane. I'll ask you like some things you like to do around our town, but. Where is your favorite spot to get a sit-down burger? Like, I know you can Ooh. sit down and have a burger at your place, but, like, um, I guess, like... A- I got to tell you, uh, since this whole COVID thing has happened, mm. um, I live up <clears throat> near Cascadia. And mm. so my wife and I, when we have date night and the kids go over to my parents' house, yeah, uh, we get Cascadia Ubered in, and they make a damn good burger. Mm. For being, you know, 10, 15 minutes old, yeah. sitting in the styrofoam, still damn good when it shows up. That's awesome. I, I've i actually gone there and had their Impossible Burger. I have not had the Impossible Burger yet yep. from there, but I've heard it's, it's something to try. It's something to try. I mean, the, the I 
tried the Impossible Burger about three years ago when it became when it was like just hitting its when it was just getting popular. Right. And now it seems everyone is getting the Impossible Burger or Beyond Beyond Meat Burger or whatever. And uh, I enjoyed it. I like a it's kind of a beanish burger. Like it's that bean kind I, of. I tried the. Uh... The Burger King version. Mm. It tasted like a Whopper to me. Yeah. It's got so much of that charbroil yeah. flavor on mm-hmm. it. You couldn't really tell the difference. So, I mean, yeah, it's it's different. It's just, I think it's it's good. But. Oh, but at Cascadia, you got to try the vegan pretzels and cheese. Oh, I like that. I, I don't know how the hell they do it, but that vegan cashew cheese tastes damn near like real cheese mm. pre-covid is there like a restaurant that you you got you and your wife would like go out to for like a date night um kind of go wherever we feel like mm. um you know uh sometimes we'll wander down to elliot's mm-hmm. so thank you brennan for introducing me to elliot's urban no. kitchen <laughs> um we also have Takate pretty close to the house mm. and i think that's pretty damn good mexican food is it i i'm you know i we live so close to it for so long and i we never went and oh. we went to it when it was up on uh, up on wellesley but then when it moved down to northwest boulevard we just it, it was just a little bit out of our range and we just never i never really crave mexican wow. and so it would be nice you know if we had sidewalks that went all the way from wellesley down there that's fair (laughs) (laughs) it Uh, wouldn't be such a bad walk then um yeah i mean yeah i i'm i'm trying to think i've I've messed up my notes um after date night do you guys i know you and one of the I, i will say this one of the first times we ever like hung out we went on a double date and we had to go to a dance club and we went to we actually went to uh irv's and we went to a drag show oh my god that was a long time (laughs) that was a long time ago and uh, but i was going to ask you like what's your favorite late night spot uh Right now, if well, right now, no place. But <laughs> right. uh, when towns open, we always seem to find ourselves going to nine to hang out and dance yeah. until closing time. Yeah, and just burn off some of that. I think we made it to nine after <clears throat> Irv's. I'm pretty sure we went to Irv's and then we went to nine. I think so. This was bef- This was after me and you had shots with a drag queen, which was amazing. It was, it was like, it was a magical night. I, I, it was, it, I hadn't been to a dra- drag show in a really long time and going there and, and being a part of it and like meeting the people was, I'm, I miss herbs, but I, I don't know if you know, Globe, Globe is now like the new, the, the new herbs, the new herbs. Well, I wouldn't say it's new herbs. It's, it's different, but they are, they're creating a more like a, a really cool drag show, and right now they're doing a drag show that's they're doing it downstairs in like in a basement studio, and then they're projecting it onto the screens like upstairs. Oh, and really? So you can go watch the drag show, 
it won't you can't watch it like in person but you can watch it on their feeds it's um i haven't done it yet but i'm excited to see what the globe becomes it being the new spot for the gay community and i'm really butchering how i'm saying this but it's, <laughs> it's an amazing spot all right so now we're gonna move on we're gonna get into the guts of the show kind of what brought you here let's talk about delish let's get and give me the the short version of i mean like i've heard probably like the 30 minute version before but like What's like the five minute version of how Delicious Hamburgers was started? Okay. Uh, you got your timer ready? Yes. Okay, here we go. Uh, essentially, it comes down to my dad had the opportunity to move back to Spokane to um, work out at the Air Force Base as a private contractor mm. doing the cleaning of the hospital. Uh, so he was there during the whole Dean Melberg thing and the crashing of the... Was it the B? I'm not KC sure. KC 135 or B? I think it was a B 52. Um, so he did that for 10 years. The lost contract. Uh, he was working for his best friend. Um, grew up calling him my uncle. Um, he said, "I have some ideas," and gave them to my dad. And he goes, "Okay, do you want to do any of these? Well, let's start something new." And um, my parents looked through the stuff and they did their research and said, "You know what? Let's do the burger place." Mm. Were they all food related? No, it was just, uh, just uh, my uncle was always coming up with different ideas. I mean, mm. he had so many different little businesses and side projects going on. Um, one of them was like a genetic registry for uh, show horses back mm. when DNA and all that stuff was really starting to become popular. Mm -hmm. um, that way they could do the genetic testing and make sure that if they bred that horse with another horse that it wouldn't have a, a defect a, a, oh a, some sort of disease right or yeah it would be a healthy foal mm -hmm. um and so no one in the family really had any no one had any restaurant experience mm. and uh at the most my mom grew up in a bakery a danish bakery mm -hmm. in southern california cooking pastries so didn't really translate well into burgers for <laughs> right. her experience. Uh, I, she did do some of the book work when she was younger, so that did help. Um, so anyways, they, they looked through them, and one of them was the, the burger place um, doing an in and out. Uh, they didn't know at that point in time it was all family-owned. They didn't franchise. They said, you know, hey, uh, no, we're not going to help you guys out. So they sat down and they talked about it some more and they said, well, let's try to do it ourselves. And I don't think it's a real big secret in town that right. we copied in and out for the most part when we first opened. Yeah. Uh, over the years, we've been able to do a lot more and expand our menu and do the things that excite us. Mm -hmm. But that was really kind of the base to, to get us started. We, you know, fresh meat, um, no freezers, fresh potato fries, no heat lamps, no steam trays. You order it, we cook it. Mm -hmm. uh, the simplicity of it is just, it's great. Yeah. And I think that translates really well to our customers. Um, they can taste the difference. Sorry, sidetracked. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so um, they decided to do it on their own. And they did it um, for about a year. At that point in time, it just wasn't making enough money. It wasn't, you know, it was, it was not being successful at all. And my uncle said, you know what, um, close it, oh, close wow. it Monday. We're done. 
Uh, my parents said, we, we can't do that. We've, we're just going to tell everyone they don't have a job Monday when they show up. Gosh, yeah. And he's like, well, we can't afford to keep it open. Mm -hmm. So my parents bought him out of his part of the business at that point in time. They, we restructured um, the scheduling. And at that point in time, we were open until 1 o'clock every night. Mm. You know, and this was 20 years ago. There wasn't a whole big bar crowd around here at that point <laughs> right. in time. Um, so restructured, did things different, figured out some better ways to do things and were able to stay open. They, and you know, I guess now it would be 20 years. Yeah. 20 years was that, I mean, that's well, 20, I mean, 20 years last year, but it would have been 20 years this year oh, that my parents. Okay. Wow. On their own, so that's that's I I did not know that part of the story that oh. that you were gonna shut that they that you that oh he, yeah that he wanted to shut down, so oh. what so you change you you just it's always been delicious right yeah it's always okay. been delicious right and for those who don't know Mike's father his name's Dave Lish yep. and that's where delicious comes from it's literally his name <laughs> I, and this is the you know stupid part of the story we sat down around the kitchen table probably three or four nights discussing names and it always came back to delicious it's like why would we name it anything else right i mean there was other names on the table oh yeah there was a like ton out, of other names out and in? <laughs> so yeah i mean we it just came back to it and it worked out really well for us yeah. um it, my dad loved it he mm -hmm. was great with the public. Uh, he could, yeah. He, he would go to work. He would come in. He would bring up about three people, and then we wouldn't see him anymore because he'd be out in the dining room talking oh. to all the customers. Mm -hmm. And it was, I, you know, that's another big part of our success was just that friendly atmosphere. And mm -hmm. I find myself doing that more and more over the years now too myself. Yeah, uh, there's, you know, I'll walk in and like, oh hey, I haven't seen you in a while. And, you know, you got to go over and talk to your customers. That's awesome. Uh, do you the whole the whole in and out comparison is uh, has been been a lot. Like I know, like a lot of people will say like they wish there was an in and out in Spokane, and then people will be like, okay, well if you like in and out, you should go to Delish. Do you do you really hate that comparison now? No, uh, when we when we started, we always said imitation was the best form of flattery, mm. and you know we took that base concept and made it at our made it our own, mm. and I, it's been successful for us. And I don't. Sometimes I get people that get snarky about it, mm -hmm. like, ah, uh, oh, well, In and Out's not as expensive. Well, get in your car and drive 2,000 miles. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, in and out also has, you know, hundred, hundreds of locations. Like, yeah. Across well, the... and when you go to in and out can you get bacon on your burger? Ah. Uh, <laughs> do they have tartar sauce for your fries? Ooh. Right. No. Uh, and we like to say, too, that um, delicious hamburgers isn't in and out Right. And in and out isn't delicious. Right. We keep on saying in and out but what makes... Delish so unique. No, uh, easy. Uh, we do not have a freezer in the restaurant. We have a crummy microwave in the back for employees if they want to bring something from home. Mm -hmm. Nobody does. They would rather just go ahead and 
you know, get their employee discount on food at work. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, no heat lamps, no steam trays. You know, you order it, we cook it. I, I think that makes a big difference. You know, mm-hmm. Using, you know, our meat <clears throat> is processed here in town at Angus Meats, mm-hmm. which is a local um, meat processor. Uh, they do a great job. They've got a great grind for us. Um, I've had other companies try to take that business, but nobody can get that taste right. Mm. And I think that's part of the secret. It, it, there's just something about that grind of meat and how they do it that just gives it that good flavor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that really comes out when you're cooking everything fresh. Yeah. And then the potatoes are fresh potato fries mm-hmm. um, from Duncan. Uh, another local supplier, he goes and his family's been doing it for quite a few years now. Um, he buys fields of potatoes. He knows what ones to buy. He stores them until the moisture content gets right. Peels them, uh, cuts them and bags them for us mm-hmm. and sends them to us fresh. Yeah. Duncan, is this, I'm going to say, tell, I'm going to give my version of the story. He came, he was a customer, correct? Uh, I believe it. I believe it was his grandfather okay. that was the customer. Yes. And so but he came he was a he came in, had your fries and said, These fries suck. I can make not so fries. nicely though. <laughs> oh, not, <laughs> not so nicely. <laughs> no, he had actually uh he had come in and said, I wanted to talk I want to talk to the owner. And uh, so my dad went and talked to him and he said, you know, these are your French fries and my dad was like, Yeah and I was like, you know, they suck, not such so nice words. <laughs> and he goes, you know, it, it keeps me up at night. I haven't been able to figure this out. And mm. he goes, well, um, I make fresh potato fries. Mm. And it's been that way ever since. Oh, that's, it's been great. You know, yeah. we we get to support these local companies, and we get to have, um, you know, we keep – them in business, they keep their employees employed. Yeah. And, you know, when COVID started, um, we had a lot of trouble getting product. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have trouble getting product from Angus, and I didn't have trouble getting product from Duncan. Uh, they were like, okay, we're here for you. You know, awesome. You know, we're yeah. behind you. Let's do this. Mm. So the rest yeah. of it was a little bit dicey to get figured out, but... I had my meat and I had my potatoes. <laughs> right. That's not, I, I love that story just because I, I think that's, I love your fries and I, I don't, I probably had your fries before they, you guys made the switch years ago, but I don't remember them, but I, I love your fries. It's the oh, one they thing. were terrible before. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I didn't mind so much cause it sucks cutting all those fries. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, cause you because they cut them for you now, right? Yeah, they cut yeah. them for us now. But we had one of those old-fashioned, <laughs> big, just filled with sandpaper mm. drum machine that you would turn on, mm. and it would pump water, and you'd put a 50-pound bag of potatoes in there, and it would shake and vibrate, and oh, you could gosh. hear it all over the restaurant. <laughs> and then you'd have to take each one of those potatoes and put it in the cutter. <laughs> that does sound like a process. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about something that comes up a lot on social media. Um <clears throat> And a lot of people complain about it is having to pay for your sauces. And I want to talk about your, I don't want to talk about complaining about people complaining about that, but I want to talk about your sauces and what makes them so special. Because I feel like you, 
you charge for your sauces, and, and it's because you make all your sauces. But no, we changed that at our 20th anniversary. Oh, that's right. You get a sauce with yeah. every order now. Yeah. No? So we, we we did, after 20 years, finally change that policy. Oh. And we do give one sauce for each fry that's ordered. Um, you know, we do charge for them. At, when you have to make a couple hundred tartars and a couple hundred special sauces every day. Mm -hmm. You realize how much time and labor is going into it. And then you realize how much product's going out. So it was never really built into the cost of fries. And um, now it is. I think people see it as free, but don't realize whenever you go someplace else, you're paying for that sauce. They just Mm -hmm. included it in the price of the fries. Gotcha. So, So we've done that. Yeah. A little bit, but well, I, when, I mean, come on, when you make those sauces from scratch. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, and then the other thing I want to really talk about real quickly is your, your seasoning. I put your seasoning, the delicious seasoning on everything. And I, you can find that at Rosar's in the meat section. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you can, I've, I've seen it there and you can also buy it at your store or yep. through yep. the drive through. Uh, what, where did that start? And because that was before Delicious ever existed. I've seen the original, the original Delicious like shaker. And how did that come about? Uh, so I, do you know much about Santa Maria tri-tip barbecue? I do know it from that. That's where, <laughs> yeah, from the times we've, I've had it when you've made it. And right. it's that I was also going to talk about that as well. It was gonna. So, it was gonna follow this. Question. Oh, okay. okay. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll pretend you didn't. <laughs> no, or I fine. didn't say that. Uh, so about what thirty five years ago, um, my parents. We, when we lived in Southern California, we lived pretty close to Santa Maria, a little town called Solvang, a little mm-hmm. Danish tourist town, kind of like um, what's the German Leavenworth, kind of like Leavenworth. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyways. Um, they had a seasoning that they loved to use on their tri-tip. And at some point, we couldn't get it anymore. Mm-hmm. And so my mom got in the kitchen, and she started throwing herbs and spices and salt and pepper together and came up with the recipe as we know it now. Mm. And so for 35, 40 years, we've had you know family members call us up, you know, hey, can I get a gallon of that? <laughs> <laughs> and then... We gave so much of it away that it, it finally it was like, okay, all right, <laughs> I just need to go ahead. And so a couple of years ago, I bit the bullet. And um, when you do seasoning and you package it in a package, mm-hmm. you have to get a whole nother food license, basically, mm-hmm. through the USDA. So, but with Washington, they have their own version, yada, mm-hmm. yada, yada. Um so we got licensed to mix it and package it in the store. And so that was four or five years ago now, I think. Okay. And, um, yeah, and just make it like crazy. Yeah, I've watched the process. It's it's, and now, it's a process. Have you tried it on bacon yet? I probably have. I put it on everything. I, I, I Now that you say it, I'm going to... I need actually. I need to go get more. I need to come. I just need to go to Rosars. I need to come to your place and buy some, or I just need to buy it in a gallon. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll, I mean, you know, for Christmas. Um, yeah, I put it on, on literally everything, and it's, it's just a, it is a, a, 
an allspice. It's not an allspice, <laughs> but it's a. It's very much you can put it on. It's anything. a vegetarian meat spice. Yes. <laughs> uh, but that yeah. But the the tri tips that you make are fabulous. I I wish we could. You could find a way to to make that at your place. I know we've talked about it multiple times of how you can make it, but your tri tip is. We won't need to go too much into it, but it's it's amazing, and maybe someday you can make it for the public. We, but until then, it's it, it's gonna yep. you're gonna just have to become best friends with Mike, and then you can try his <laughs> uh, tri tip because it's I've I like buy like the you know like the prepackaged tri tip at Costco. Ouch! And it's I mean it's good. I mean it's tri tip. I mean it it's seasoned whatever. I mean I probably need to learn how to make tri tip. I just need to take some lessons. I just don't have the patience to do it. And I don't also have the do, do making tri tips the way you do. You have to have that fancy grill, and that are that are were like so this this grill basically it's like a big I can't I can't explain any of this on 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 through the through sounds but uh it basically it's a spit and it goes down into the coals and but apparently they sold these at Costco. Yeah, I mean it's a big thing down there. Yeah. you can go to the Costco and. Yeah. buy one so uh, i i need but to... that does make it, it, it so you can make a pretty darn good tri-tip on a traeger with our seasoning mm. especially if you get the oak pellets okay <clears throat> but yeah there's nothing like the the tri-tip barbecue tri-tip yeah it's and then you gotta have that the, gotta have the salsa and you gotta have mm. buttered um french bread is it french bread Stop giving away secrets. Is that a, is that a secret? Is that, is that a secret? I'll, I mean, I'll, I know the secret to the, the, the spice, so I'll, I'll give that out. Oh, oh yeah, you think so, huh? <laughs> I'm just joking. Uh, so with COVID and everything, how has COVID changed Delicious? Uh, it has slowed us down a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, only having the drive-thru open and... You know, cooking everything to order makes it really hard to to get as many people through the doors we were able to or mm-hmm. are able to. Um, luckily, at the same time, some of our costs have come down. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, labor's a little bit down, but we have found that actually no, I, our, our labor is pretty darn close to what it was um, pre-COVID. Mm. Um, but we have we do have some of the fewer expenses of. Um, you know, heat in the inside and yeah. the water and everything else like mm-hmm. that. Um, you know, we're surviving. Um, I, I, I can't complain. I mean, thank God we had the drive-thru. Yeah. I, that's, yeah. I, if we didn't, I have no idea what we'd be doing right now. So, um, you know, we've tried to do the, the curbside ordering. Yeah. I, I, I don't understand. People would rather... S- <laughs> park on division <laughs> and waiting in line at, at yeah. the drive through then um you know getting on the website and just doing their order parking in a spot and then we bring it out to you yeah so anybody listening when you show up to the restaurant and there's a line that goes all the way out to division get on your cell phone go to delicious.com upper right hand corner order now <laughs> <laughs> and you can just go sit and then you can go sit in a parking spot and they'll just bring it to you yes it's 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 easy. It's super easy. I, you can even do it, you know, as you're leaving work. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm going to leave work at 5. I'll be there at 5.30. You can even set the time. Yeah. And, you know, we won't cook it until as close to 
yeah. the time you have set on there is we can do. And are you, besides through the drive-through and curbside, are you do on any apps? Uh, just Uber. Just Uber. Just Uber. Awesome. Uh, I was going to ask you about the the lobby thing and not having opening being open for seating because you could be. Uh, yep. You've told me personally about why you haven't done that. Can you tell? Can you tell everyone else? So there's two reasons. Okay. Um, when we were first able to, the big one for me in not doing it was all those poor guys running their restaurants and they weren't open for how many months? Yeah. Three. It was over a month or I mean, it was, I mean, some, I think, excuse me, June, I think June 5th was when people, when restaurants finally started opening up back up slowly. Yeah. So, so it, at that point it was like, you know, I want people to go to Elliot's and mm-hmm. have their lunch. I don't, I, we're surviving and I want to see the rest of the the restaurant survive too. Mm. I mean, Spokane is a really big eating out town. And I think that's partly because of our cost of living around here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the best we can do to support the local community, we know that they're going to support us and mm-hmm. they have for 20 years. Yeah. So, yeah. um, that was part of it. That was definitely, that was the big thing at the beginning. Um, now that we've gotten a little bit further into it, uh, I'm going to say it. I just don't want to deal with the assholes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The getting, having people come in, not wearing masks and uh, having to, I mean, I've heard horror stories of um, employees having to deal with this, the awful people who won't wear their mask and want to go on tirades to them. You know, as far as I'm concerned, I don't care. Everybody has their own opinion about it, mm-hmm. but I have a family to feed. I employ people that have families to feed. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to jeopardize that because somebody doesn't want to wear a mask. Yeah. And I don't, I, I don't want to police them. I don't want to have to kick people out. I don't want to have to. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I hear you. Uh, has anything else changed about the list since with, during all this? Is everything probably staying? I will say I drive, I drive by Delish every day when I, come home from picking up my, taking my kids home from daycare and you guys always have a line and that's, it's, I think it's awesome. I think it's, it shows the, how much people love your restaurant and your food and, or your, it shows how your, slow your, we are. Or, <laughs> I mean, I haven't personally sat in the line yet and it's one of the, I mean, I don't like sitting in the line, but I, I need to order. I just need to go order a, do curbside. That yes. seems super easy. Curbside. You can order it before you leave work. Mm-hmm. Go pick your kids up. And as you're driving down, go park in your spot. Yeah. And look. Happy, I have dinner. <laughs> so the next thing I want to get into, it's kind of a, it's kind of a, I call it the big question. Uh, we've talked about some things that have changed around your area in bit, in, in in the business area of where you're at, there's some you have there's some new tenants. Um, <laughs> I guess I will say lightly. Can you tell me what's going on in, on Mission Street and what w- was recently put in there? Uh, For those who don't know, yes. And 
you know as well as I do, this is a very sensitive subject in right, Spokane, sure. so I will do my best to tread lightly. Um, I should start this actually. I will. I will say. Mission Street. There has been a new. Uh, uh, I don't think it's it's not temporary, but a new homeless shelter. Correct. Right. Put on Mission Mission and Division. Uh, it's on the other side of the block from Division. Okay. Yeah. But it's um, less than a block from us. Yes. So it is. Um, so when COVID started here in town, they had to to cut down the size of or the number of people they could have in the shelters that they had. Mm-hmm. And then, from what I understand, um, there was one on the South Hill that had to be closed to be refinished or refurbished mm-hmm. or something like that. And so then they had them in the library, um, the overpopulation of homeless that needed a place to stay. And then um, they ended up in the arena for 90 days. Yeah. So when they were in, in the arena, um, the county over the last, I want to say, year or two has been talking about opening another shelter here mm-hmm. in, in the county. And they had places in the county picked out. Um, they had a place out in the valley. Um, some people had found some places just outside of populated areas mm-hmm. that you know a lot of people thought were, would be good ideas. Um, they ended up the community in the in the valley ended up raising a stink about it, and so they stopped. Mm-hmm. So, county gets money from the CARES Act, mm-hmm. and from what I understand, they they bought a building, and they moved in a hundred and ten beds or something like that. Okay, um, as a, as a temporary shelter, so. What they've told us is, is the shelter is only going to be here until COVID's done. Okay. And then after that, it becomes bridge housing, uh. which is um, it's going to be people trying to get off the streets and in right. to housing. Um, but the problem is, and I'm actually very fortunate because I'm so close to it. The shelter's security team patrols my parking lot. Okay. So I've actually had less problems in the last couple of months than I have for the last 20 years. Right. I mean, it's just gotten terrible in that section of town. But I have um, some friends that own salons in about a four-block radius from Mm -hmm. me, and they are just getting hammered every day, kicking people out, having Mm -hmm. to call the cops, getting threatened, having knives pulled on them. Oh, wow. Um, And the city's just... I don't know. Uh, well, I was I was going to ask about so the big the biggest thing was that there wasn't a communication with any of the businesses around the, no. the shelter. No, so, basically we all found out from an article in the newspaper, mm. and there was no there was no input. Uh, I think our the biggest complaint that the businesses and all the residents there's a lot of residents mm-hmm. residences back there too have is they had no input in this right you know they didn't they didn't um when you (laughs) this is crazy when you ask the city what is bridge housing yeah nobody knows (laughs) (laughs) so we we have no idea what we're gonna have here when when 
COVID finally goes away, oh, what is bridge housing? Well, it's pretty much whatever they can say it is. Okay. So they, they've, they've kind of done everything without any public input. Right. And they've kind of washed their hands of it, and mm-hmm. they don't want to talk to the, anybody there anymore. And the issue you're having is that it's not that you don't want this place here. It's just that there is no communication about it being put in, about there was no dialogue at all between the business owners and property management and the city just went ahead and just did this, put this here. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, I do believe that, you know, homeless need to have a place uh, to, to shelter, but also I think it needs to be communicated with the community surrounding them of what they're going to do to, you know, manage it. I mean, there has to be some sort of oversight to, to the to the property itself and to the businesses surrounding it and and I think it's to just have it just appear one day and then have you know oh yeah here's a here's a hundred people that are going to be in your neighborhood mm-hmm. that are going to leave the shelter during the day yeah and wander around yeah uh, you know that we had our own homeless population there um, we had a homeless gentleman in our parking lot for five or six years. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, you know, we'd feed him and we'd let him stay on the property, keep dry. And he would be gone every day before we opened up mm-hmm. and he kept an eye on the place. And the nights that he wasn't there is, you know, when somebody would light our box area on fire or our bushes or, <laughs> you know, <laughs> all kinds of crazy shenanigans at night. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but, um, now that the shelter's opened, we can't really have them there because yeah. of the security. Yeah. And, I, man, it's a hard subject. No, it is. I mean, it's a very, it's not, and I don't think anybody really necessarily wants to talk about it so much. I mean, we, it's just more about letting people know that, like, there's things that are going on in our city where you think that they're just, everything's being communicated with the people that are in it, and... And it's not. And I mean, in my in my view, there should have been, you know, someone from city council or someone from, you know, the mayor's office letting the businesses surrounding the area know, like, hey, this this is going in here, and we just want you to be aware. Here's the precautions that we're taking. Here's the things that we're taking care of to make sure that they don't they don't affect your business. Or there just needs to be some sort of yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, when it comes to like <laughs> government policies and how things are handled, it sounds to me like there is some things that were hidden because I, of because of what's going on in COVID and everything. And I, I'm not going to claim to be any expert on this, right? But just from what I've been able to find out over the last couple of months, is um, there was there was absolutely no public input at all, uh-huh. and part of the reason from what I understand is because they used CARES Act money they didn't have to or. Mm. Um, partly because uh, the governor suspended um, public process. Oh, so oh, like so, like there's no there's no like public meetings. Like yeah, and if there is a public meeting now, it's a Zoom meeting, or they don't even have to do a public meeting if they oh, don't want they, to. They don't want to. Yeah, hmm, that's interesting. So I, I know it's put some people in tough spots. I know yeah. it's put the mayor in a tough spot. I know it's put some of the city council. Um, but I also know a land developer that was getting ready to start a very large project. 
and he's now not going to until he figures out exactly what's going to happen with this place right. after COVID's over. For sure. You know, um, well, I, I think that's unfortunate yeah. because I mean, he bought the, he bought the land from the city mm. right across the street from it. Oh, mm-hmm. and then they put it in and you know, they don't even, yeah, they don't even have bathrooms in that building. Oh, so they're using porta potties yeah. and shower trailers. Yeah. yeah. Well, so what have you been doing to, you've been doing stuff to kind of make your voice be heard during this part. I, we don't need to go into every detail of that, but like there have been things that you've been trying to do to actively be in communications with the city. Right. And actually as it stands right now, the city's pretty much done with us. Okay. So I had a group of um, business owners and we're actually, we're still working on starting a, um, an association for the division corridor mm. or division area. Um, we know that <clears throat> here in a few years, when they finally get the North South freeway open, they're going to be changing division. And right. Yeah. Division in Ruby. Yeah. Um, it will no longer be, I believe a federal highway. Mm-hmm. Um, so they'll be able to zone it different. So we're trying to <laughs> now after the shelter, uh, I'm trying to get, these people together so we hopefully have enough people that we can have some say in what happens yeah instead of being you know i understand the city does what the city does because they have to do what they have to do yeah um but i think that a lot of business owners are so used to doing things on their own Mm -hmm. that they just take care of it you know, yeah. that's what we've been doing in that area with the homeless population. We've just been taking care of it. You know, we weren't calling the cops. We weren't calling um, crime check. We weren't calling 311. Yeah. We were, you know, bucking up, cleaning up the messes, yeah. picking up the needles, cleaning up the feces <laughs> <laughs> yeah. with a smile on our face to make our places look good for the customers. Yeah. So because we have that spirit, we haven't done a good job of creating a, a business community to work together because mm-hmm. we're just used to working on our own. Yeah. You know, so we're, we're trying to put this business district together, business association. I mean, I've never done this. I don't even know what to call it. Yeah, no, I mean, it, to me, it sounds a lot like what a lot of these communities have been doing, like Meet on Monroe yeah. um, and how they've kind of come together to get, people to really recognize the area as being a place that needs to be visited by, you know, Spokane. And I, I didn't consider that, that, you know, once the, <laughs> once the North South freeway is completed, <laughs> if it ever is completed, <laughs> that th- there's a lot on division that's going to change. And those, those streets will be slowed down a little bit and they'll have the ability to have, you know, it be more welcoming to, you know, passerbyers. And that's saying it's not already welcoming. It's just, it's, a, it's fairly, you're driving quick down division right now. And, uh, yeah, and I imagine there'll be some things in place where it won't need to be as wide and, or, uh, and the people can walk it easier. Uh, but yeah, that's interesting to think about that. There isn't, I've never heard of a, a division street, you know, business. There's, I, I know that's and, we were. Yeah. And there's a bunch of local businesses right there. I mean, you got, I mean, you have 
Dutch Brothers. You have uh, the the General Store. The, there's <laughs> Zips. A, Zips. Yeah, you can uh, you can say them all. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. You've got Zips, you've got Pizza Pipeline, mm-hmm. you got um, Caruso's, uh, the Riddler Coffee, yeah. Old Dog uh, Liquor Store. I mean, yeah, there's just a ton of... And a, and a lot of pot shops, and a lot <laughs> yeah, that... of, which are are locally owned as well. And, yep. you know, a couple of uh, um, smaller markets that are, you know, like the Asian market is yep. right there too. Um, I believe, is the comic book shop still there? Like... Uh, yeah, or the did comic, they move? Did they just moved south of us. Oh, okay. So, yeah, the, the comic shop book, or the comic shop, the comic book shop's there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, there's... There's a lot of there's a lot of local businesses <clears throat> right there. And that's and, just on the division side. That's not even the Ruby side. Right. So, yeah. we, uh, we definitely need to band together and make sure that we have some sort of input in what goes on in our neighborhoods absolutely i i love it and i think that's and i think that's the biggest part is is that we're that we're in active communication with everything we're not saying don't put the homeless shelter here we're just saying let's talk about it yeah Yeah. and i want to see spokane actually have open honest conversations about the homeless population Mm -hmm. and i feel like uh, a lot of times when i talk to people they're on one side or the other on that subject and there's no middle ground yeah look what we're doing isn't working. Mm-hmm. I mean, has it gotten any better? I, I, I'm honestly asking, has the homeless situation gotten any better with what the city's done in the last five years? Uh, I mean, I, I can't speak on it completely cause I don't really, I've only, I've read and I can see what's going on, you know, as you know, one of the, you know, one of the biggest issues when you, when a, a, a city like Spokane starts growing the way it's growing is that the homeless population is going to get larger and people and and especially when especially when they start doing things like i i should tread lightly here because i'm not speaking with the best knowledge but you know when you start displacing lower income families out of their you know, out of areas that people are wanting to buy property and you want them to go. So they got to go somewhere. And so lower income people need, the population needs to go somewhere. And it, they tend to, when they get kicked out of places, they become, you know, they, they lose their homes. They, they become homeless. And, and when there isn't, you know, a, you know, a place for them to, to go, they end up on the streets. And so. I, and I think to the, there needs to be a delineation here. Um, those people that you've seen on the streets for five, seven, ten years, mm-hmm. I don't think they really want to get out of that. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably the population. I'm not going to say probably for me. That's the population I'm talking about. Mm. You know, there's a, there's a, you know, I am all for helping people. Mm-hmm. You know, I've yeah. hired people that, you know, out of shelters. I've hired people that, um, you know, in the Catholic charities housing downtown. Mm-hmm. I've hired people out of work release. Mm-hmm. I mean, but I think there's two subsets of the homeless population. There's mm-hmm. one that cares and one that doesn't. Right. And I think that, the city needs, we need to figure out how to deal with the ones that choose to do it. Right. 
Yeah. I think I think there's enough programs and everything else, and and maybe there's not. Yeah, and I I can't speak to. I mean, I know there's a lot that the city's trying to do. I know that was a big part of you know the the last year's mayor election about about the homeless population. What what were we gonna do to help? you know, the homeless population, especially in the winter times here, because it gets really terrible here in the winter. Like, where are they going to go? Is there a, is there, I know that there is, there's a bunch of properties that were being up for consideration for being a new homeless shelter. Um, I'm not sure if this Mission Street place was one of those places, but there, there is a big, there has, it's been a big conversation for the past two years because the the homeless population has grown a lot in Spokane. And and that's a, you know, a really great, I mean, I probably need to find someone on in Spokane to come and talk about, talk to me about that because. Can I come? Yeah, well, I, I, you can listen to the show. <laughs> <laughs> or you, but yeah, it would be, I, I'd love to learn more about it just because I, I, I don't know enough. And I think yeah. it's something that I, I definitely need to, need it, to learn about. I, I, well, now I'm going to, I'm going to find someone to talk to about this and I, because I think it'd be really interesting to to learn more about, about that and about what, what the city is doing. Cause I think that is something that we need to, that we all need to learn about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, this town needs to have some more open, honest conversations on this subject yeah. and not let people get their feelings hurt and their tempers flare. Yeah. I, I agree. I, we definitely need to, we definitely need to come more together as a community. I, I would, that is a big part of what we're trying to do here at speak, uh, Spokane is, you know, open the conversation between all walks of life and be able to sit across from each other. If, if even if I'm left leaning and you're right leaning, we can still have a conversation and it doesn't have to be about a president or about other parts of it. It just needs to. Be, we should be able to have a conversation about this time for stuff and not get our feelings hurt. And I don't think people do that enough. Everyone wants to live in their own little bubbles of friends and be and have sounding boards that are the same person as them. If you're just talking to someone who agrees with you, you're just basically yelling at each other and <laughs> nothing's gonna, good's going to get done with that. Uh, you really, I, I, we, I think that just uh, that makes you more extreme. Yeah, I think I think that's a, a lot of the problem nowadays is, you know, especially with social media, people getting in their oh. in their group and not sitting down and talking to other people, yeah. you know, this is the way I see it and you're not going to change my mind. Well, then why do we have a conversation? Right. There's no point in it. Yeah. Well, awesome, Mike. Well, thank you so much for bringing that up and talking about that. I know that was, I mean, that, that was the first difficult conversation I've ever had to have. <laughs> not difficult, but it's like, it's just, you know, I I want to try to open this, this podcast up to have those type of conversations with business owners and people that are doing things in Spokane and not have it be so hunky dory. Like, but that being said, what is next for delicious? Ooh, might be a burger on the horizon. Ooh, a burger. And this, this, and this one is, um, way different than anything we've done before. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I'm very excited to hear more about it. So stay tuned for that. Awesome, Mike. Thank you so much for coming on. We'll reconnect again. I, the one thing I really want to do is have people back on the show and talk about how things have been going from the Perfect. last time we talked. So when I'm talking, I'm not talking like in three months. I'm talking like in a year or so. But uh, oh, definitely trying want. that hard to get rid of me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thank you again so much, Mike, for coming on. And uh, thank you for having me. And thank you guys so much for listening. Peace.
thank you so much for listening to Speak Spokane. You can find us on Instagram at Speak Spokane, and you can visit our website at speakpodcasting.com. Speak Spokane's theme song, Speak and Be Heard, was produced and performed by Spokane native Christian Woods.